In the name of our crucified and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, dear Christian friends, do you know what tough love is? Tough love, for example, is when parents deal a little harshly with their child with the loving intent of correcting bad behavior. It can mean a timeout, or losing certain privileges, or being grounded for a certain amount of time. Not pleasant for the child, but to be honest, not for the parent either. But sometimes it's necessary. Our heavenly parent at times uses this approach with his children. And we have an example of that in our text for tonight. Our text is one of seven letters God inspired the Apostle John to write to the the seven congregations in his area for the pastor, or as John put, the angel to read. And these letters contained warnings that came from God about something that was going on in the congregation that he was not happy about, as well as praises to encourage them to remain faithful to their Savior. The letter to the church in Laodicea was the only one that had no words of praise in it. This letter was God's letter of tough love. And this letter revealed his anger and disgust, as well as his amazing love. Laodicea was a very wealthy city. So wealthy that when an earthquake almost destroyed their city in the year 60, they refused any financial aid from the Roman government to rebuild. They were known as the area banking center with their own government mint, known for their prospering wool industry, and on top of that, they had developed an eye salve that most doctors prescribed throughout the Roman Empire. Imagine Wall Street, Fifth Avenue, and Mayo Clinic all rolled into one. That was Laodicea. And members of their congregation profited from this and were living rather comfortable lives. But at what expense? When Jesus looked down at this congregation from heaven, he spoke the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth at what he saw. And what he saw was not good. And what he had to say is one of the sharpest rebukes in all of Scripture. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Wow. Talk about tough love. And let's keep in mind that he wasn't talking to hardened criminals or or murderers or or rapists or child molesters. He was talking to to members of a Christian congregation. Many of the people wealthy and prominent and upstanding citizens. And look what he said to them. I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Now why would you spit something out of your mouth? Because it doesn't taste good. Yucky. Disgusting. God considered this congregation 
to be yucky and disgusting. And why? He says they were lukewarm. In other words, they were indifferent. Complacent with nor hardly any zeal or enthusiasm or joy for the gospel ministry. Jesus made this accusation against them. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth. Do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You see, they had fallen in love with themselves, their stuff, and their comfortable lives. Yes, they were members of the church, but the, the church and the gospel ministry was not important to them. Almost like a give or take attitude. It doesn't matter. They had lost their love for the gospel and the work of the gospel ministry. And they felt as a congregation that what they were doing was good enough. That they were just fine the way they were. Now I would guess that there were some members of that congregation who were not lukewarm, but rather hot and fired up for the gospel. But as a whole, Jesus categorized it as being lukewarm because the sin of indifference was running rampant throughout the congregation. When Jesus looks down from heaven at Zion congregation, would he have ever have reason to say, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth? Now, I think most of us here would say, of course not. We have, we have a, a lot of good people here. And I would wholeheartedly agree with you on that. And yet complacency and becoming lukewarm can settle in quite easily. We can become lukewarm or complacent about our worship life and our church attendance. We can become lukewarm when it comes to reading or studying the Bible. We can become lukewarm when it comes to bringing our offerings to the Lord. We can become lukewarm when it comes to serving the Lord in His church in the many different areas that we can serve. And even maybe in serving our families in our home. We can become lukewarm warm when it comes to outreach. What we can do to share the message of Jesus with others. You know, it's easy to get into our comfort zone when it comes to our relationship with Jesus and our lives of service and obedience to him. And how often aren't we like that? Because we fail to show love for our God because we are not obeying his commands. So the question I ask is this. Does God see in our congregation as a whole a complacent, let someone else do it, it's not my problem, what I'm doing is good enough, I don't need to change attitude that affects our ministry in a negative way. As a congregation, have we lost some of our zeal for the gospel and the work in God's church? My friends, I'm afraid that God would have every reason to say to each one of us individually and as a congregation that we at times 
and in different areas of our lives have been lukewarm. Not as hot or enthusiastic as he would like us to be. And God would have every reason to say to us, yuck, you're disgusting. Get out of my sight and burn in hell for all eternity. Ouch. That's harsh. That's blunt. Not easy to listen to. Words that could get people angry. I'm sure that some of their members didn't like hearing that. You know, it's not easy to look at ourselves in the mirror of God's law because we don't always like what we see. So why was Jesus so harsh? It's what we call tough love. He says in our text, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And this situation was desperate, but not hopeless. Jesus spoke those words to rescue them. But in order to do that, he had to get their attention. They needed a change in attitude and in their heart. They needed to repent, to get their priorities straight, and to get their love where it needed to be. So here's the advice Jesus gave them. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Jesus advised them not to set their hearts on the gold that came from the government mint or the wool industry or the eye salve industry but to set their hearts on the pure gold of the gospel that offered them gifts that were far more precious than all the gold in the world. The gifts of forgiveness and salvation. The gift of being clothed with the white robe of Christ's righteousness. The gift of faith. The salve that takes away spiritual blindness. You see, that's what they needed more than anything else. And that's why Jesus said to them, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. What Jesus wanted was to occupy and live in their hearts. And the picture of him knocking at the door was his call for them to repent. They had messed up their lives had become lukewarm all on their own. Only Jesus could heat them up and get them excited about him and the gospel ministry. And so he comes to them and lovingly knocks. And only his voice could lead them to open the door and say, come in. And that's what Jesus wanted. We heard that in our gospel lesson when Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. And that's what Jesus wants for each one of us. He comes to us with this gospel, knocking at the door of our hearts, wanting to make our hearts his permanent home. 
And even though we are guilty at times of being lukewarm, Jesus still wants us. That's why in love he calls us to repent. In love, Jesus does not give up on us. Instead of giving up on sinners like us, he gave up his life for sinners like us. Instead of treating us as our sins deserve, he himself took the punishment that we deserved. Instead of sending us to eternal death, he invites us to join him in his heavenly feast. And where Jesus finds repentant hearts, he promises this, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. You know, my friends, I don't know for sure, but after listening to God's letter of tough love, I hope and pray that the Holy Spirit worked in them a new attitude with renewed zeal and determination not to take their Savior for granted, but to be fired up for Him and the work of the gospel ministry. And I hope and pray that the Holy Spirit works those same results in our hearts. You see, there's no place for complacent or lukewarm attitudes and hearts that are filled with Jesus' love. They mix like oil and water. And so, my friends, when God looks into your heart, may he see a heart that is excited about Jesus, his word, and his work, so that when he looks down from heaven at our Zion congregation, he sees a congregation fired up for him and for his gospel. Amen.